This is Soul Saturations, the podcast, a transformational container to activate the light within you. I'm Kendall Merritt, your host and the founder of Soul Saturations. We are here to deeply connect with soul-centered sensuality and sexuality in relationships, business, and life so you can access your power and remember your true presence. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Saturations, the podcast. We have my favorite human back with us to share part two of our story. Yeah, favorite human. We'll see. So let's go ahead and get started by honoring the woo and setting the mood. So if you are able, please take a moment to close your eyes and take a few deep breaths to tune into the present moment. As you start to take some deeply expansive breaths... Focus on the energy around you, quieting and getting still. Sometimes we need to give ourselves this gift of the present moment to remember to just honor the here and now. You are exactly where you are supposed to be. As you take a few deep breaths, notice what comes up for you and slightly Let all the things fall away and come into just a state of peace. As we tune into this energy, this container, give yourself gratitude for being aware of where you are now. We call on our guides, our team, our angels, our ancestors to cleanse, clear, and release any energy that is not of our making, that is not of the highest, and is contrary to what we are creating for ourselves and others across all time and space, reality, and dimension. We ask that our energy be returned back to us so that we can stand fully in our purpose and our presence, to know our divine power that exists within us, our limitless potential to create the life that we truly desire. We do this with so much love, and so much gratitude. And so it is. Okay, we're back. Doing it again. Doing it again. A repeater. A repeater. Repeater part two of part four. So not so technically not really a repeater. No. Just no. a continuation. A continuation, right? We're embarking on this beautiful journey. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going away. I hope you know that. It's never going away. And I'm glad that I actually have earned the recognition of favorite human. I think I think we've yeah I think we've established. I mean, that. where's the competition at? Um, I think there could be some pretty big competition. <laughs> I've got confidence in myself. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> so we are tuning back in with Dr. Matthew Zanis. Wow! Even the formal recognition. Oh, oh. <laughs> doctor, 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 help me. I think that's pretty much how the relationship started, right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want the real story, you can go back to the first episode. <laughs> yeah, go back to the first episode to see how it really started. So we are on part two. So I don't even remember where we left off. Love. Love. <laughs> Love forever and always. Um, I think really as we start to look at this part of our journey, we're looking at the humanity of it. That's a great way to explain it. You know. 
I think we're all human. We all have moments in life that test us and challenge us and make us who we are today, really. Um, all the shit that we're dealing with. All the shit, all the things. All, all, And it is absolutely no surprise that there is a lot of intensity on the planet, and there has been for the last year. Um, and so just to start off with a reminder that everything that's happening for you is exactly perfect for you. Where you are on your journey is exactly where you're meant to be. And all of these experiences that show up for you are giving you a window into your own growth, your own evolution. And it's your curriculum that you're meant to move through. And so I think we talk a lot about lessons that we we, we have learned over the last year together. And I think that without these lessons, without this journey, we wouldn't be sitting where we are today. That's for damn sure. And there are plenty of lessons to be had. Are we going to get into them? (laughs) I think we're going to get into them. So I think when we look at working with light and tuning in as a conscious and aware human being, I think when we start to tune into the fact that we are these energetic beings having a human experience, we tend to focus only on the good. And I think what I am really passionate about sharing, especially our story, is to be able to share the fact that where we were, our low points, is for a lot of people, their everyday existence. Which is actually wild to think about. Yeah. In a way. Exactly. Right? Like it's, I don't even know where to go with it. I can't even imagine <laughs> living that on a daily basis. Like just the, the kind of stuff that we went through is everybody's every day. It's just, it's weird to be able to stay in that energy. Be able to imagine staying in that energy. And that's, I think, where I have so much gratitude for our present moment is that we do have the awareness to say, this is, I want something more than this. I want to be able to experience more. And so, you know, what, if you look at our highlight reel, I guess, of 2020, (laughs) the highlight reel. Oh, the superficial highlight reel? Yeah, the superficial highlight reel. I mean, we live in a world of social media and Instagram, and I've shared a lot that I wasn't as vulnerable as I needed to be, but our highlight reel didn't look that bad. No. No, we were afforded all this time together, mm-hmm. bought a house. <laughs> yeah, you know. There's there's a lot of, I mean, you got your podcast up and running. Yep. Mm-hmm. And our businesses were just starting to pick up and skyrocket and it's. Yeah. Yeah, but that is all surface level, right? And there was a lot kind of going on behind the scenes that um, wasn't really uh, made known to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, so I think when you and I split up, we're jumping to part three, four here. But <laughs> when we split up, there was a lot of people that were shocked. And I think this that the intention of this episode is really to share, shine the light on some of the day-to-day things that we were experiencing because for a lot of people, it's their every day. And it's kind of that reality that people choose to sit in. And even if it's not every day, I think the that moment of clarity that you're not alone in some of these experiences and that if you feel like you want something more, know that that's possible. You absolutely can have something more if you desire it. 
Yeah, this kind of like reminds me of the analogy back when you're in grade school and the teacher's like, you should always ask the question that's on your mind because there's likely a lot of people, a lot of your classmates that had the same question. Mm. And this is kind of a very similar situation where I think that like we're all in relationships where they be romantic, you know, business, professional, whatever, but we're all going through the same shit. So it's okay to speak about it and talk about it and ask questions about it because there are a lot of people that are experiencing the same thing that you're going through. Uh, right now, which is kind of like I think why we're doing this, at least partly. Yeah. Anyway, like you're not alone. Uh, we're here with you. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, th- I love that. And I think I might have touched on this last time when we were chatting is like we we do the work as individuals before we get into partnership relationship. We do that self-development work. We decide what are my values that I want in a partner and what kind of relationship do I truly desire? And then you get into a partnership and relationship and the light will shine a light on everything that is not light. So, oh fuck, our partners are our greatest teachers. They are greatest mirrors to show us where we still have work left to do. I was going to say that's probably one of the, <laughs> the biggest lessons for me anyway is to learn 10,000 foot view is that the work is never finished. <laughs> oh, fuck, imagine that. <laughs> it's like, damn it, I was here before. I've done this. I've worked through this. Nope, not really. Nope. Keep going. Keep going. There's more layers, more levels. And, like, holy fuck, everybody feels that way sometimes. They're like, fuck, I thought I healed this wound. Isn't this better yet? And... No. Well, isn't it like we're, we're all ogres, right? Shrek taught us that, and he's got to keep peeling back the layers of the onion. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know I had to drop a movie reference line in here at some Shrek. point. Shrek, okay. Yeah, okay. I went there. I haven't used that one on a podcast before, so. It's new. Yeah. First time for everything. <laughs> um, so let's go into that. Tell me a little bit about high-level perspective then. What, why did that light shine of... Oh, fuck, I thought I'd already done this. Well, the, the <laughs> um, I think a lot of this started back like when I was you know, nearing the end of my divorce and I was doing all the work. I was very intentional about it. I was purposely putting myself into uncomfortable situations and asking really uncomfortable questions mm-hmm. that prompted me to, I mean, I'm a big writer, so it prompted me to journal, journal, journal a lot. And even like the beginning stages of our, our relationship, when I was traveling a lot, I had 10 to 15 hours on a plane ride to just literally sit with my own thoughts and while everybody else is sitting there watching the next Avengers movie on their, on my computer and my journal, just writing out reflections and introspections on, you know, where I felt I was at personally, but also where our relationship was at. And then, um, also kind of, uh, elaborating on a lot of my vivid dreams that I have very sexual in nature too. So it turned out that I was actually a very good erotic novel writer as well, which is, Fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe a side gig or okay. side hustle later on. Yeah, come back. <laughs> we'll go back to the erotic novels later. Come back to the question. But I think people want to hear about the erotic novels. <laughs> <Next episode. laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so I was doing a lot of that. And then, you know, come 2020 when uh, all my travel stopped, right when quarantine started, like mm-hmm. in February, um, I felt like I kind of lost a part of me, like a part of me died on the inside. And a lot of it was because I had no longer an easy opportunity to sit with my thoughts. It became that much harder than to be disciplined enough to 
really just sit down and make time for it. Mm. And I think that was the biggest problem is, um, yeah, sure. I could have made it happen, but I didn't. It was an excuse. Mm. And I had, I told myself I didn't have time, but I really did. It's just where I prioritized it. That was the, (laughs) that was kind of the linchpin in the whole entire, um, scenario. So, you know, it's like, well, I, I told myself that I didn't need to do the work anymore because I was already there. We already had a great relationship at the time you know what I mean so it was easy for me to just kind of put it to the side and not really focus on it or prioritize it oh that's um quite the realization so thank you for that conscious shift in perspective away from erotic novels Uh (laughs) yeah that too um (laughs) you know what I what I really want to highlight about what you said for our teaching moments right is (laughs) keep it on track you know I think your current reality changed and for the whole fucking planet 2020 changed a lot of people's current reality and so for you you felt like you had this beautiful gift of time and space on your airplanes which you actually literally did Mm -hmm. and so that shock of no longer being able to travel no longer having that built-in protected time was a big shift and I think as we're relating this to other people how many of you have ever felt like you don't have time to prioritize yourself and reflecting on your own thoughts and your own self-development work it does take a commitment and it takes choosing to do that I think as you look at your calendar look at your schedule it's saying I want more time to reflect well you have to make the choice to make it happen and and like to really prioritize that. And so I think as we look at that huge shift in awareness for you, I think I at the same time was having that big shift of realization of our our reality was changing. And so if we take it back in terms of a timeline, time frame, I think February, I think you and I were already struggling before the world shut the fuck down. There was things where we were testing each other and testing our growth, testing our development. And I think to really just honor the fact and and give some massive fucking gratitude that you had created a container of safety for me to explore and create my business. Mm -hmm. So I started Soul Saturations in, well... May, June of... May, June, July of 2019, 2019. but I was still doing contract work with my consulting, other consulting business through October. And so, and it's holidays and all the things. And so then 2021 or 2020 came and it was this, oh fuck, I'm on my own to build a business. And for all of my fellow entrepreneurs out there, It's not always easy to start a business and I think I had to do a lot of that self-development work and where I see my shift I guess our shift you were focusing on not having a whole lot of time and I was focusing on oh fuck I have to build a business what am I going to do with all my time what the fuck am I doing with all my time (laughs) I have to build this business and I knew that the the thing my soul was craving was deeper levels of work and deeper levels of healing because I know that the work never stops. And I was like, oh, oh, we got a lot of work to do. And I think 
our current state, I was starting to see how much deeper I wanted us to go. And then here's the conflict. You weren't in a place to where you could see that. Mm-mm. We had a lot of conversations about how I wasn't in a place to be able to see that too. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. What were some of those conversations? What did that look like? Oh, I think you saw me kind of slipping away mm. is probably the best way to explain that. And I mean, rightfully so. I mean, I'm very much an avoidant type of personality when I get stressed. And of course, you know, my freedom got taken away from the travel, but then also my business picked up pretty dramatically. Like I've always been on this you know, really steady progressive incline, but then there was an inflection point right around, you know, March, April-ish, and I became stressed and overwhelmed <laughs> with the amount of work um, that I was doing, or at least that I foresaw that I had to do. Mm-hmm. And with that, you kind of saw me retreating and walling off, and of course, I made up the excuses of uh, the fact that I needed to in order to support us and support our relationship in a sense sacrificing what we had together I didn't know that at the time but I think like what it did is it you know I stopped I stopped making decisions I stopped taking action I stopped being assertive because I didn't feel like I had the energy to do any of that again and um, it kind of I think pushed you away as well or at least kind of shifted you into more of your masculine state because you were probably like well shit if he's not going to make a decision on this I guess I need to and somebody had to to. but I think like the big realization moment for me is like those are all things that I really enjoyed doing Um, and then you no longer were just like my partner my lover my girlfriend you also became literally everything else like you were the caretaker of the house you were the dog mom you were like my business strategist at time not to mention you were also building your own business so you're and my second business and your second business <laughs> and embracing, embracing the entrepreneurial role and then I think like the most profound realization that you became the sole caretaker of the relationship yeah because you tried your ass off to try <laughs> and reconnect us over the summer is that a great phrase? I try your ass. Try off. your ass. Sure. Off. Sure. Yeah. Well, we'll Tried your hardest. Well, yeah. <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have to put an expletive in there. We could just. <laughs> but anyway, what ended up happening though is that like, I think you became everything to me, which meant that you were nothing to me. Then, and that was kind of the the feeling that it it, it took inside because you took on too many roles, mm. and that wasn't fair, right? That wasn't fair to you, that wasn't fair to us, that wasn't fair to me or really anybody else. Um, I was focused solely on myself and became completely apathetic towards everything else. Literally everything else in the world. And that is a vicious, vicious downward spiral of a cycle. Mm. And I think you saw it unfold and it just your attempts to bring us back in to have these um, relationship conversations <laughs> And we, we were doing a decent job at it. Like, we were having the conversations. I just wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't really present and listening, in a sense. I was just kind of going through the motions of, okay, she wants to do this. Let's just check this box so we can move on. Mm-hmm. And I would find these moments of, I guess, energy to where it's like, oh, I could put up with this right now. I could put up with the conversation. 
and we'd be good for like a couple of days and then it would go right back to, to where it started. Mm. Yeah, and I think at that point I was feeling the call to do that deeper work and I was doing a mm-hmm. lot of work on myself. So my consciousness was rising, my awareness was rising and I was watching the separation between us grow greater and greater and greater by the moment and I think for a lot of people I know I personally have had a lot of conversations with people right to pull this back into relation of where other people are is like I'm willing to do the work but my partner's not willing to do the work and that was a really fucking hard place to be because I wanted us to do the work I wanted you to step in and do that go back to the self-reflection and back to the self-development work and to prioritize us but it it has to come down to you it had to come down to you it has to be your own choice and so I think for the people out there who are looking at their own partnership and they're like I want to do the work but my partner is not willing to I think part of it is the way you have the conversation and the way that you approach it and I also think that it's really honoring yourself to say what do you need and not necessarily put up with the longevity of things that aren't honoring you I think we went way too long without dealing with it which is why the apathetic frustration grew right we avoided the hard conversations and I think that has a lot to do and you maybe can you can probably tell me if I'm wrong on this but I think it has a lot to do with 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 men in particular who avoid the hard conversations because they're really uncomfortable (laughs) and as macho and strong as most men think they are emotionally I think that we're a little bit weaker sometimes Mm. we can't hold the space for those conversations. I mean, it was an interesting dichotomy for me because I felt like I was working so fucking hard on literally every, literally every other aspect of my life that I didn't have the energy to put forth into the self-development work Mm. anymore. Right. But once again, I think that was just another kind of superficial excuse. Well, and I think for not just men, I think for a lot of people, I can see specifically why why you would say for men because no, bias a little bit like the bias yeah. and the society's perspective mm-hmm. of of men in general is that men don't cry, don't show emotion, don't just really be stoic, be stoic, be strong, be strong all those things. So <clears throat> I think for that place, it it's looking at you know you felt like you couldn't make the space for those emotions. And I think for a lot of people, they feel if they open up to the hard conversations, to those deeper emotions of fear and sadness and anger and whatever they're feeling, that they're going to be stuck there forever. And they don't feel that they have the capacity to hold it and allow it to move through. And I think that's a really important skill to be teaching individuals, couples, people, Mm -hmm. is to be able to say that you do have the strength to have those conversations. And I think there's strength and vulnerability in being able to open up to say, I feel like I'm losing myself and I don't feel like I have time for you. I mean, you said it, but we wouldn't, 
I couldn't, we couldn't go any deeper for mm-hmm. ourselves. And I think that was another piece that we, that was a realization for me was I can't coach us. I couldn't do it for both of us. You're too close to the situation. <clears throat> totally. Yeah. And I think, you know, as I was going through all of this, as I was building my business, I didn't feel safe opening up and sharing that with other people because of the perception, well, I'm a relationship coach. I'm, I'm supposed to have this great relationship. And while on the highlight reel, I mean, we have, we did a lot of great things through 2020. Mm-hmm. We did trips to Sedona. We did like really great date nights. Yeah. Well, yeah, for San Francisco is before it all shut down, yeah. but yeah. you know, <laughs> we did a lot of things together. That was really mm-hmm. great. And that would be the, these little blips in time that we were connected but it wasn't fully in integrity. Because once again, like those conversations, I don't think I was fully there because my mind was so distracted on everything else. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that that had a lot to do with ego <laughs> as well. Like I, my ego said that, no, you need to stay committed to your work, considered to, committed to your passion and your mission and your purpose. Fuck everything else. Like, this is what you need to be doing as a man, because that's what society tells you you Mm. should be doing. Um, But it was something that I just, I couldn't really hold for Mm. all that long. I think you start, you started to see all those little bits and pieces of the armor start to shatter Mm -hmm. and dent and fall away over the months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that having that realization was really profound, I think. And, you know, I look at the journey of 2020 for both of us and it had to happen the way that it did for us to have the clarity and the realization. Like we had to get to the point where we were both done, so done. And I think our being done came from different things, I think, a little Mm -hmm. bit. But as we look at it, it's like... The highlight for me of 2020, the biggest lessons that were showing up for me was there was the doubt of myself that was being highlighted. The doubt, am I really capable of doing this work? Am I as connected to source and spirit and the divine as I really want to be? Um, and the doubt in us, like, we're, are we really supposed to be together? And I think that was a really hard piece to work through. Um but it gave just profound fucking lessons that I'm so fucking capable of doing this work and um, I'm more connected to source and spirit than ever and the, the lessons that we've learned together has given me more clarity of why we are together than ever and I think we'll get into that a little bit more on what those deeper lessons are but for you I think it's looking at the overwhelm right I think overwhelm is our own state of existence. Like, it's our own perception. Perception's reality. You know, and it's, it's one of those things where I, I tell a lot of my patients and my clients that too, but I wasn't taking my own advice. And, like, one of the, one of the lessons I try to teach my clients is to be careful not to develop stories in their head around what's going on inside their body. Mm. Right? Like, some false narratives 
that we all tell ourselves based off of all this past conditioning, based off of prior experiences, based off of what everybody told us, everybody told us we should or shouldn't be, or the way we should act, the thoughts we should have, and things we should or shouldn't do. And here I was in the moment for a very long time, completely blind to that piece of advice, making up all of these false narratives in my head about our relationship Mm. and what I thought that I needed to be doing in the moment. And it wasn't the truth, right? And what do we keep telling ourselves, right? What's true. What's true. That's we we had a giant, like, flipboard chart, post-it note thing on the wall. And that, I mean, I vividly remember that being front and center in big black bold Sharpie in the middle of that post-it note, giant post-it note, essentially the size of a whiteboard, Mm -hmm. saying, what is true? And it was, as I noticed, uh, the months go by, it became harder and harder to actually adhere to that and keep asking myself that question. Yeah. Because all those stories, I mean, you keep telling yourself the same thing over and over and over again, and guess what? That does become your reality. Yeah, And then it manifested it pretty clearly (laughs) towards the end of 2020 for us. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think, you know, when we look at what are the stories that people tell themselves, right? I think that is super common. I think that it's some of the stories that exist for current reality is that you don't have to be emotional and vulnerable Mm -hmm. in a relationship or... You know, you have to focus on your career and make that a priority or, or, um, I don't know what, there's so many to go into, but what do you think are some of the most common stories that people tell themselves when it comes to love and relationships? (laughs) Oh boy. I think the first one is that it's supposed to be easy. When you, when you're, well, yeah, like you're always, I mean, fuck Disney told, taught us this. Oh yeah. Right. You know, my feelings on all that. Oh God. So like when you, when you're supposed to find the, the, you know, your twin flame or your soulmate or the D one, like what is the D who's D one? Like really come on now. Um, that things aren't supposed to be difficult anymore. Like everything, things just be flowing in like beautiful colors and rainbows and unicorns and butterflies. And that's. Oh, I think that's probably the biggest um, false narrative that we are taught. <laughs> I couldn't agree uh, more. Because then guess what? You don't have to do any work. <laughs> yeah. And then my prior thoughts would be true. <laughs> <laughs> see? See? Um, I think that that's a big one. So I think, and I see that a lot of time with my clients. It's yeah. like, well, this is uncomfortable and I don't want to have to do this work and I don't want to have to have these conversations. And those conversations are the piece that create the evolution Mm -hmm. and call out the blind spots. And I think, you know, (laughs) it gets to be easy is I think I can see where people want to connect with that. Mm -hmm. And some of it, when you're actually committing to doing the work, once you say, okay, let's commit to the conversations, it does create a sense of ease and flow, but not the superficial ease and flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and I think that the underlying like the underlying thread here, the common thread tying throughout that whole entire piece that you just elaborated on um, is communication, Always. right? And, and that's the way I, I explain our relationship compared to any other relationship I've ever been in is, yeah, we have disagreements, we have arguments, we don't always see eye to eye, eye, to eye but we communicate very, very well. 
around it. And I think that is the ease, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're both committed to have those conversations, at least now anyway. <laughs> I think we always we have been, but there was, yeah, yeah, but there was, there was like, um, like it's a little bit of losing sight yeah. last year. Well, and I think when we look at true intimacy, mm. what is true intimacy? Um, you know, I was having this conversation with my good friend Arvin Anderson the other day. Shout out. Shout out, Arvin. Um, and Love he, you, bro. <laughs> he asked me, what is, what is intimacy? What is true intimacy? And I said, it's presence. It's communication. And exploration. Mm-hmm. And he was like, ooh, that's good. I was like, thanks, Arvin. Um, but really, I think... Where where we were separated from that true intimacy is the presence. Mm-hmm. That wasn't there. We were communicating, yep. but the presence wasn't there and the perspective of exploration of how do I get curious about why this is showing up for me or the physical aspect of mm-hmm. how do I actually want to be present and explore Physically, that's also a challenge. And then take that one layer deeper. What did that lack of presence do, right? It one, I think one, it built up a lot of resentment. Mm-hmm. But then two, I think the biggest thing, at least, what it did for you towards me is there was um, there was a lack of trust mm-hmm. then in me and our relationships because I was living out of integrity, which I think subconsciously you just could not innately trust me or the things that I was saying anymore because there was a incongruence between what I was saying in those superficial conversations that we did have where I was kind of there but not there Mm -hmm. and then the actions right and when there's a incongruency between thoughts or words and actions that's Mm -hmm. where you see the disconnect Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that goes back to this idea of polarity which you highlighted to Mm -hmm. earlier is the fact that you stepped out of your masculine and I stepped into the masculine to make those decisions. I think my container of safety was shattered Mm -hmm. and it, and it didn't, I didn't feel open to trust. And, you know, I think when we look at a window into the current state of our relationship was, well, previous state, Mm -hmm. not current state, then current state was, our sex life. Mm-hmm. There was no presence. I didn't feel safe to fully open, to fully express, to fully surrender because A, you weren't present, but B, there was no no foundation of trust. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people tolerate and live in a state of mediocre sex where they don't feel safe. They don't feel trust, a foundation of trust to be fully mm-hmm. open. And I think that if you're feeling like, man, I wish my sex life was better, that's probably a window into the actual state of your relationship. Well, I mean, then, you know, like I pride myself in pattern recognition, right? Like that's my thing. That's what I do. It makes me a great movement translator. Um, and you look back and it's like based on patterns of our sex life prior to later last year, like we were far off the mark. Yes. <laughs> very, very far off the mark. And I think where you... Um, couldn't feel safe and couldn't trust and couldn't open yourself. I, there were, you know, some subconscious things that I was feeling that I wasn't really aware of in the moment either. Like 
I wasn't breathing. I felt mm-hmm. I was in such a sympathetic, like fight or flight, stressed out state. Like all I wanted to do was, you know, run, freeze or fight somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and I was very, very shallow in my breaths. I couldn't, I couldn't breathe deeply into my pelvic bowl. There was nothing going on in there. My pelvic floor wasn't going through any types of excursion. I couldn't relax. I couldn't unwind. And that showed up in our sex life too. Yeah. Right. There was, I, I personally know there was lack of eye contact. Yeah. I wasn't gazing as much. Right. I wasn't actually just feeling into the subtleties of the breath and the movement and the mm-hmm. sounds of our sex, which was, I mean, lovemaking before was totally, totally different. Like all those senses were highlighted and mm-hmm. this just felt like kind of, I guess, going through the mechanical actions mm-hmm. in a way versus being able to intimately feel into you and through you, like actually see through you versus just on the surface level. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that realization, you know, I love having sex and I love having sex with you a lot. And (laughs) (laughs) um, I think, you know, that was one of the hardest things was like, I didn't want to have sex with you. And I was much happier with my self-pleasure practice because I didn't feel seen. It didn't feel honored. I didn't feel worshipped. And we sure shit weren't having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we think about that, I think you did a beautiful job of, of expressing what you want it to be and what we had and what we currently have. But we had to see that disconnect, right? We talk about the gift of contrast. It's like... <laughs> Fuck, there was the gift of contrast. Beautiful gift. Um, To be able to see, and I think, you know, that's where I I feel like, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so I think that is the power in this gift of contrast is that for some people, shallow breathing and a mechanical, physical act of not making eye contact, not gazing and like seeing mm-hmm. through somebody to their fullest potential and like that energetic connection. That's what a lot of people experience because they don't know anything different. They don't mm-hmm. see how sexuality can be that window to deeper connection and, and deeper intimacy. And so, you know that's why I show up and do this work. And I think that's why (laughs) that year was that much harder for me was because it felt so out of integrity and so out of trust. And so I think as you're feeling those experiences, those moments, it's like, okay, you know, for me, I would pour myself into other things to give myself the temporary validation of, okay, I got this thing done or the house is clean or the Instagram post is done or I'm going to go pour myself into my work. But it was the disconnect of what I was truly seeking. And when you're having those kinds of realizations, I think that's the window to get help to say, you, you don't have to do this alone and to be able to have a conversation about it and, if you don't feel like your partner is in a space to be able to have that conversation with you, that's where you hire a coach. It's where you work with somebody to say, I don't know where to go next. I need some help overcoming this. Um, and I think that's a powerful place to go is to be able to transition and move and grow. But sometimes you need to hit that rock bottom first to be able to grow. 
and to be able to see into um, how you have actually been showing up and living your life. Mm-hmm. Like you go back to the breathing component. I don't think anybody or a lot of people are really even aware of what their breath feels like throughout the day because <laughs> we don't slow down enough to. Yeah. Right. So we never actually tune into our body or we don't actually embody really um, anything that we're feeling. And that tends to, well, you know, ignorance is bliss for a little while until you're made known of it and then you have a choice. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's, I love, I love, love, love this line by Viktor Frankl from a man's search for meaning that between every stimulus and response, there's space. Mm. And within that space is your opportunity to make a choice. So in order to make the best choice possible, in my eyes anyway, this is my interpretation, we need to be able to, um, we need to be able to grow that space between the stimulus and the response by slowing down Mm. to allow us to actually feel into the body and think deeper rather than just being reactionary and to make that conscious choice, which should be the best decision, not only for you, but for both of us in the relationship. Yeah. I love that. Okay, mm. mm. I don't have anything else to say to you. It's a great any? way to end it. Yeah. I got the mic drop moment today. Mic drop, baby. <laughs> great transition point into episode three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Part three. Part three. We'll go into part three next week where we'll talk about how did all of this come to a close? Where do we go? What, what was the culmination it's of this It's kind of like the climax. Like, this has all been foreplay <laughs> so far. <laughs> Get ready for the climax next week. Coming soon. It's tantalizing. <laughs> okay, so much gratitude for you tuning in, listening, and, of course, so much gratitude to our guides for holding this container. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you loved this episode, I deeply appreciate you subscribing and leaving a five-star review. Come join me online at soulsaturations.com or follow me on Instagram at soulsaturations. Feel free to slide into my DMs anytime and let me know what you love, what resonates, or any questions that you might have. And remember, only you can activate the light within.